0: This is Chris Algieri, and you are listening to the Mike Sappho Podcast.
1: Hello, Mr. Algieri.
0: Hello, Mike.
1: No, 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 it's not Mike. Explain to me why I have to go through top-ranked guys and Bernie now to get you on.
0: Man, because you text me at these crazy days, like, hey, I'm, in, I'm back in town, because uh, you're actually busier than me. No. <laughs> <laughs> you're traveling all over the world, like, hey, I just got back from Bahrain, I'm, 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 I'll be in town for three more days, can you come in? Like,
1: <laughs> you went Hollywood on me. I didn't think you would go Hollywood on me. Me going Hollywood on you. You okay. went Hollywood.
0: I'm trying to travel as much as you. That's all.
1: Mike, you, you hear what you, your nephew?
0: Yeah, my nephew Mike.
1: I text him, Mike, and I'm like, "Yo, put headsets to on if you want." I'm like, "You want to come on?" He's like, "Bro, I'm crazy busy." Again, email then from this dude Bernie from Top Rank, and he's like, "This boxer Chris Algeria? I'm like, "I've been trying to get him on." Here's my text <laughs> message with him. He went Hollywood on me. It's okay though, but I appreciate you coming on, champ. Thank you. Uh, my pleasure, dude. All right, so now I have my little notes on you. Ooh. Nutritionist, boxer, and now author. Author,
0: yeah. I, of, got, I got my book on
1: me. Of a new cookbook, The Fighter's Kitchen, 100 muscle-building, fat-burning recipes with meal plans to sculpt your warrior. Tell me about it. And tell me about the process about uh, doing a cookbook.
0: All right, so that, the process <laughs> was the most eye-opening part of the whole thing. You know, I've been working on this since, honestly, like 2014. There you go. Take a look at that. Um... And, uh, and then Penguin Random House reached out last summer, and they're like, hey, we got this project, we'd love you to author it, what do you think? I'm like, man, I've been working on this for
1: years. I'm ready. Well, I remember the first time we talked, we're, we're obsessive about food and stuff. Yes,
0: absolutely, we talk about it all the time. Um, so, I thought I had a lot of work done already. Not even <laughs> close. Not even close. When they started talking to me, going back and forth, like the process is incredible. Um, first of all, it's 100 recipes, mm-hmm. which sounds like an insurmountable amount. Yeah. And then as I'm going through it, I'm like, I got 100 more. I can do another book right now.
1: Really? Okay. Oh, yeah. Because oh, yeah. you think of 100, that's a third of the year. Yeah, yeah.
0: And once you start kind of breaking down the the, the the regular foods that I was eating on a regular basis, mm-hmm. and like I've been expanding you know, my palate and my, my abilities over the years, um, I realized, man, I, I got so many things that I eat on a regular basis that are not in this book. Mm-hmm. Like I'm looking forward to, to getting the next one going.
1: So, was it difficult writing the book itself? I know you had it done, mm-hmm. but was it difficult putting it together? And are you nervous doing the book also?
0: Yeah. So, so difficult putting it together for one, because I'm a dude. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm a, I, I cook. Yeah. You know, like I'm not a chef. Mm-hmm. I don't measure shit. <laughs> you know, so when they're asking how much of this, how long do you cook these <laughs> onions for? I don't know. Yeah. You know, so like I had to go back and like I had to cook through everything. Um, Majority of the cooking I did for the book, um, going through the recipes, was in the camp with. Danny Jacobs and Okay. when he won the IBF world title. So mm-hmm. we were over in California in the in the Bay Area. Um, so I was just cooking up a storm. I had Andre Razier, our trainer, and uh, being the taste tester. Um, although he's vegan, so he can't eat a lot of stuff. I make. Okay. But anyway, um, so I, he he knew it. I was I was in the kitchen all day long, cooking all the time, measuring things, mm-hmm. n- timing how long I'm cooking. Which you never no, I did. I never you did would more.
1: look like oh, they look good. Yeah. Ready to go.
0: Yeah, exactly. That's how Yeah, you know it's. Mm-hmm. Food is different. Like mm-hmm. cooking and baking are totally different. Mm-hmm. Cooking is a lot of feel, right? A lot of art. Mm-hmm. Baking is science. Like you have to follow strict numbers down to the gram. Yeah. or you fuck it up? Mm. So cooking's not like that. Cooking, you taste test. You go like this, that's a pinch of that, a punch of that, and oh, it tastes good. To add a little more of that. Need something. That, need something. Um, so this, I had to really, really hammer down. You know the recipes and, and fine tune. And then what you do is, you you give them the recipes, right? You, this is all uh, remotely. Mm-hmm. You email them in. And then what happens is the tester, because everything has to be tried and true.
1: Now they have to cook it. Uh-huh. Oh,
0: based on <clears> what you wrote out. Your exact science. Exact. Ooh. Like they're going exact line by line, step by step, step one, step two, uh, ingredients, everything, step by step. And they go through it and they test it, and then they come back with feedback. And the feedback can be that this didn't work, or this didn't taste good, or we 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 suggest you do this, and that's back. That's every recipe.
1: Well, you want to know the truth? Why. Because you'll make this, you'll make this book, and someone's gonna look at it like, okay, slow cook shredded chicken. Mm. I did it for 28 minutes, like Chris said, and it was the worst. That's why they don't want it. They're to
0: gonna n- be on the Amazon with the comment.
1: I'll tell you what I love already about it, because I I use a uh, carb manager. Mm-hmm. I use, you know, I scan my food, I weigh my food. I love that you have calories, total fat, carbs, protein. What everyone truly cares about mm-hmm. is nailed right there, that's and that's huge. And no other <laughs> cookbook really has that. That's yeah. the truth. Yeah. Like I just had Andy Ricker in the Thai food book cook. He, awesome book, great pictures, everything. But doesn't have that because you want to know, okay, tomorrow if I'm going to go heavy, fat, low carbs, that's tremendous.
0: Exactly, and that, what you just said, like tomorrow, because that's you, we change day to day. Mm-hmm. It's day to day, season to season, goal to goal. And
1: right? meal prepping so important. You told me how impre- important meal prepping is.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. So this 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 book can really help you as a guideline for that. A lot of the recipes and there's meal plans in there too, depending mm-hmm. on what your goals are. If you're looking to you know bulk up or lean out or whatever it is that, that you're trying to do, um, and it, certain recipes are better equipped for that. that kind of diet that kind of lifestyle there's uh there's keto friendly meals in there there's paleo friendly meals there's vegan meals um there's vegetarian meals I mean honestly I wish I had something like this when I was when I was cooking for myself in, in training camps you know it just it just makes things, everything easier
1: since you came on I've done a lot more you know I, I tested into keto I, I've done a lot of different stuff like I knew I was going on vacation so I went keto hard had like the eight pack going it's great food knowledge is fun like, it, it's fun knowing you're eating. And you know what shocks me? When you'll see something like, bro, don't even look at the back of that. Because you would never even know. And you don't know. You told me about this. It can say carbs, but diet- dietary fiber. And mm-hmm. you take that out. Dude, they, they, and that's why I know this book's going to be great. Because you're not just a guy in shape. So many people have cookbooks now just because they're in shape. Yeah. You're a certified nutritionist. Right. You t- Explain what exactly your title is. Because you have a degree in this.
0: I have a master's degree yeah. in clinical nutrition. So, like, what you would, that's like men- medical nutrition therapy. Like, what you would see in, like, a hospital. Um, I never planned on working in a hospital. I never planned on working with that, that kind of disease population. I always knew I was going to work with athletes and active individuals. Mm-hmm. So then I got a certification in sports nutrition. So my certification, my cert is in sports nutrition. My master's degree is in clinical medical nutrition therapy. So um, I was able to, to couple my experience as a professional athlete, high level athlete, with my knowledge of, of medical nutrition therapy plus my certification in sports therapy and uh, sports nutrition, putting that together. So. And this is this is my baby right now
1: well and here's how much I support you because I actually look at this sample you have homemade hummus you have keto stuff you have smoothies mm-hmm. tell me right now what does a good diet consist of Chris Algieri? forget about because you're a high intense athlete you're yeah f- give me a guy who's working out two times a week mm-hmm. maybe trying give me a good diet for them is the keto diet good are you a, a low carb guy what do you what do you into
0: great question and that's really what this book is for it's 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 not for fighters it's not for competitive athletes is mm-hmm. for guys who train a couple times a week and they don't want to be so mike, it's not for you mike it's for guys no, like exactly. us so.
1: <laughs>
0: this guy's ripped <laughs> um th- the, all the augury uh, boys are all, we're all shredded <laughs> um but yeah th- so th- for for day-to-day and I, I i have client i've had normal client like non-athlete clients non-competitive mm-hmm. athlete clients non- non-elite clients i don't have many of those anymore i really don't have any um but in the past i've found success with intermittent fasting i've found success with keto i've found sex success with um, with with low carb, it, it depends on the person. And I'm not a diet guy. Like mm-hmm. I'm not like, oh, there's a perfect human diet because there's not. We're all so individual, and we change not only throughout our lifetime, we change throughout the calendar year in terms of what foods work best for us. Um, you know what, how our body responds to them. Uh, certain carb sources work better for other some people than other people. I found that like I used to be, I don't. I used to eat pasta before fights. Mm-hmm. I don't eat pasta before fights anymore. Like, I'm Italian, you know, I have an Italian background, mm-hmm. but pasta doesn't sit well with me. It does, I, my body doesn't doesn't utilize it properly. So I've been switching over to potatoes and rice. My body likes that better. I feel better and when you I... you see a difference with that. Oh,
1: absolutely. It,
0: and that's the thing. When your body is so fine-tuned um, and you're aware of it, like you said, mm-hmm. nutrition's fun.
1: It, I enjoy it. It's
0: fun when it changes your body and you see the results.
1: Well, that that's what blew my mind. I always ate healthy. I remember, I remember last time you came on, I talked about my diet. I'm like, I ate this. You're like, that's good, but, you know, you should add more fat, you told me. Yeah. So I'm looking up, and I'm like... I don't do the fad diet. I'm like, you know what? I'm going away in two months. Mm-hmm. Let me go keto hard. Yeah. Like, hard. Mm-hmm. Like, I went down to a f- couple carbs a day. Even though, if you ever not noticed, it's like, it might be 40 carbs, but it's only like seven net carbs, which right. is uh, my body. I saw it in a week, I'm like, you got to be kidding. Like, legit eight pack yeah. V. I'm like, this is unbelievable. Oh, it works. And I'll show you the next thing. Look what I just circled fasting. Fan that of was, intermittent
0: fasting. Yeah. I, lo- do you, I love it. I think, so I, I don't do it myself because I just train too much. Yes. It's too, it's too often. Um, for, for, Regular people, 100. Mm-hmm. percent I think it's it, it makes it makes perfect sense for someone who, if you work a nine to five, you skip
1: breakfast. <laughs> and and <laughs> you, you know what else I do? Because you know I was reading a lot about, and it's you know what's funny when I had you on last time, I'm like oh I hope I don't bore people with food talk. Mm-hmm. I got the most feedback. People like yeah, want to hear about it. Like they've heard about your boxing, your kickboxing. People want to hear about because everybody wants to be in good shape. Yeah. So when I started doing the fasting, maybe around seven months ago, mm-hmm. I was doing the sixteen and 8, 16 yeah. hours fasting, yep. and then I'm like okay, if I eat my last meal, just say 5 p.m., if I skip breakfast, but I still have eggs and cheese or whatever at 11 or 12, I'm down to 24. I'm fast, and I, you know what's b- blowing my mind? I'm not even hungry. Sometimes yeah, right. I'm like, oh, I got to eat. I want to eat now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, it's unbelievable what it does to your body. So the
0: idea there is, physiolo- from a physiological standpoint, you're tapping into your fat stores. We have, we have a tremendous amount of energy. Even the leanest individual mm-hmm. has thousands of calories of, of stored body fat. That's what ba- fat is. Fat is stored energy. You know, our body can utilize that. Uh, feast or famine you know like say, and if you don't eat it your body becomes what's you know called keto adapted mm-hmm. which you may have noticed i wanted to ask i'll, I'll ask you about mm-hmm. that specifically once we, once i finish up this but um you become keto adapted so your body gets much more efficient at utilizing fat for fuel so you're burning the fat that you have you're burning the fat that you're ingesting um you're not utilizing the carbs as much but you're not eating as much anyway mm-hmm. so what happens is it leans you out pretty quick you know and your body once you once you get adapted to that um, it can be really beneficial for for making those those gains in in the looks department.
1: Well, how about this? I went uh, so I went like maybe two and a half months with no cheating. I'm like, listen, mm-hmm. no drinking, nothing. I want to go hard. I come home, <coughs> went to Barbados with the girl. I came back and we cheated. You know, we drank is a big one. We got to talk about that. Yeah, though. we we drank. We ate like savages. We came back. The next three nights, I woke up at like three in the morning, pouring sweat. Mm-hmm. And I looked it up. Like, no, that's a good thing. That's I'm like, no, thing, it's yeah. when I mean pouring sweat. I mean like shirt like. Sh- what are you doing? My body became so adapted; yep. it like pushed. It, it was unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so, what are you gonna bring about drink? Because that's always pe- oh, it's summertime. People wanna have yep. a few drinks on the boat. Tell me about the drinking now. You were gonna bring. So
0: it up. I mean, I, I drink. I like to drink. Mm-hmm. I, I like drinking alcohol. I like drinking beers. I Like drinking wine. I like drinking. Uh, bring drinking spirits. Um, I think it fits in with it with a regular diet. It's, you know, it's, it's like anything else. Moderation, not doing going overboard. But you know, from time to time, you're gonna have more than more than a few. Mm-hmm. You know, and you're gonna feel it. Um, you know, and, and, and that should be part of whatever dietary lifestyle you choose to take partake in. Um, if you're maybe getting ready for something, mm-hmm. like I'm getting ready for a fight, I don't drink. You know, if you're getting ready for a trip that you need to get super lean, you don't drink, mm-hmm. just cut it out. And I think that's a good exercise anyway, in a psychological standpoint, self-control. Absolutely. It's discipline is everything. Self-control, discipline, cutting that out for a period of time. It's a good test. Hey, can I do this? Can I, can I go uh, without? Without. This whatever this thing is that I'm used to.
1: Yeah, and, and like you said, Chris, <clears throat> besides cutting out drinking, that means you also can cut out sugar. If you're cutting out drinking, yeah, yeah. sugar's more addictive. So, mm-hmm. like, it, it just gives me so much more self-control. Yep. And especially with the fasting, like when I use the Carb Manager app, if I hit my protein, cal- I hit everything by 4.30, I'm like, okay, I can't eat the rest of it. Like, that's it. Right, right. You've All we have in this, yeah. I can't, I, I, I'm done. Mm-hmm. And it, it helps you mentally, doesn't yep. it? Absolutely. One other food thing. Do calories really matter? It sounds silly, but do they really matter? Yes. Okay, a lot. Yeah. So, the, your four or five things, I think you told me calories matter. Mm-hmm. You like high fat, good fat, mm-hmm. good fat, high protein, of course. Yep. Low carbs yep. to a degree. For,
0: for, for non competitive athlete, yeah.
1: Sure. And then, uh, sugar, obviously, is, is hell, right?
0: I mean, you want to limit any kind of added sugars as much as possible. Mm-hmm. Like, it really, you, you will feel better. Like, cut out your sugars, um, keep your carbs low. I base my carbs, and I base the carbs for my clients, and I base carbs when I talk to anybody about it around your activity. If you're not that active, you don't need that many carbs. If you're sitting around all day and you won't really notice it, <laughs> so you, you don't, don't really notice it. Just eat more fat, and, but, but calories matter. Okay. At the end of the day, when it comes to, hey, I tried this new diet and I lost a lot of fat. Yeah, you, pro- you ate less calories than you burned. Yeah. For whatever reason, it was because maybe you ate more protein, maybe you ate more fat, maybe you ate less carbs, maybe you ate less fat. Like low-fat diets work. Low-carb diets work. <laughs> you know, like keto works. Paleo works. They all work. Every diet works. They work
1: if you work at it. It, right. sounds, it sounds like, you know what? I deal with a lot of addiction stuff with people I know. It works if you work it. If yep. you're going to work it, and it's not a fad diet, you make this your life. It's a lifestyle, of just being healthy.
0: Like You said it works if you work it. If you make it work for you, it will work.
1: More importantly, I want to know. I see you on TV commentating, and I always text mm-hmm. you. You look great. You're doing a great job. You're knowledgeable. You're with Danny Jacobs. Mm-hmm. Why did you get back in the ring? I need to know. I'm saying what? No, what brought you back to the ring? Because when, when you told me I'm, I'm fighting again, your brother texted me. He's fighting. I'm like, well, he has a great gig. Yeah. He's on TV with that beautiful girl.
0: Christina, yes, she's wonderful. She's doing such a great job. Incredible. Mm-hmm. So
1: you're doing all this stuff. Why get back in the ring?
0: Because this is this is what I'm passionate about. I, I'm getting chills just being like like when you ask me, I'm like I'm like yeah. j- I'm jacked up. <laughs> I'm like yeah. I mean this is like you say that other stuff like ah oh, the, the the commentary and this and you work with, like that doesn't that doesn't prick the hair on the back of my neck up
1: like, like fighting you, does. like
0: fighting does. When you said fight like why are you fighting again? I'm like because motherfucker I want to fight. You know like that that's that's the feeling that I have in my body. Um yeah man this is this is. I was out of the ring for too long. I didn't want to be out of the ring. It was it was it was out of my control. Mm-hmm. Um I'm back. I'm hitting the ground running. You know, this is my third fight in 7 months. Being very very active. Um I'm happy. I'm 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 in a good place. I'm training really hard. I'm excited for for what's in front of me. Um I'm just making another run, man. I want to be world champion again.
1: I'm going to make I'm going to ask a real cliché question. Mm-hmm. And I know the answer. I want you to try to describe it. You're at the Paramount in Huntington. You have the Yankee head on yep. and you're going out to fight. Can you even come close to describing that feeling?
0: Man, I'm uh it's it's surreal. So one thing about the Paramount, if you've never fought there, which ninety-nine point nine percent of the people who are listening to this have not fought there, unless they were drunk at night and hunting in the streets, which <laughs> it does happen quite a bit. Um, walking through the tunnel there is is maybe maybe tougher than walking out in the Barclays Center, maybe tougher than walking in on MSG. It's incredible that place because the energy, especially when 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 I fight because um, there's it's so many people there and it's, it's essentially a music venue. Mm-hmm. So the acoustics in there are crazy good. So you're walking through that tunnel and it is deafeningly loud. And they have those uh, those that trussel, truffle mm-hmm. seating or tru- uh, whatever that's called up there, the trogue or whatever. Um, it's, like, it's an overhang of seating. People are pounding in their it's, a, feet. its like a
1: baseball playoff game. It really is. It really is. They They're love pretty, you. You're the uh, you're the guy. Yeah, the hometown guy.
0: That's my place. They, they, they call it the, They call the Paramount the the, the, the home that Chris O'Drury built.
1: How great is that? It's
0: pretty awesome. It's pretty awesome. Um, so yeah, going out there, it's like it's it's deafening. You're walking in, and that's one of the reasons why I wear the hat. It hmm. covers mm-hmm. the 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 okay. people. So I keep the hat down. I started that shit probably ten fights ago. Um, walking into these big arenas with all these people and it covers that and you just kind of focus on, on just focus on the ring walking towards that ring watch that, that beacon the, the ring is like a beacon of light because there's so, much, so many lights in there just focus on that walk forward go out there and do my job
1: okay so you were critical of yourself mm-hmm. of Gonzalo why was that?
0: I just expected to to perform better you know I um, I mean I end up it fucking New York winter so I ended up catching a flu. my whole family had the flu this, this, this little guy right next to me <laughs> brought the flu home and the, the whole house got sick um but like I, you know, that doesn't that doesn't matter. You mm-hmm. go you go to work anyway mm-hmm. and, you, and you do your job. Um, I just I just didn't feel great physically in there, so I, and it didn't it didn't show all the hard work that I that I had done leading up to that. So I was a little pissed at myself about that. But uh, I mean, after going back and watching the video, I mean, like, all right, I, d- I did I did what I what I do, you know, and I, I controlled the contest. I, I you know, I uh, I won eight out of ten rounds, no yeah. problem. I mean, it was it wasn't a close fight. Um, but I was also really pissed because of the cut. Because I was thinking like I'm fighting again in March. Mm-hmm. I'm coming right back. And that's what
1: you have to think about.
0: Yeah. And then so and mm-hmm. that's that's something that people don't think about. And like in, in the ring really tough when you talk to a fighter because like the things that are going through our mind there are very different than what you might be thinking. Mm-hmm. It's like people are like ah oh, he looks like he's you know he's mad about the performance. It wasn't so much a performance. I'm just thinking like fuck I'm out of a job next month. You know like I had a wow. job. I had a wow. job in March. You know I had a job had a good payday. And I'm like all right, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm fighting in March get it right back. To now I'm like I gotta take some time off. Oh. I don't want to take time mm-hmm. off. I've been off. I don't want to be off. I want to be I want to be in the gym. But everything happens for a reason. It works out. Um you know, maybe the two camps in a row was maybe why my body was kind of you know going against me at that point. so okay. maybe some time off was probably a good thing. That's what my manager was saying anyway, got Keith Connolly. So yeah, so uh, it is what it is. We, now we're back. it's it's not that far, you know uh, away. so well,
1: let's talk about this June 1st. Mm-hmm. How do you get the call? I want the call first I want because you're fighting Tommy Coyle. Yeah, I want to know how the call comes first of all, because I'm not a fighter. Yep. I don't get the call. Mm-hmm. How does that call come? Hey, we have this guy, we think you should fight or do you want how does that call happen?
0: No, most of the time, uh especially at this stage, it's like hey, we're 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 in talks with a fight. We're in talks for with this fight, that fight, and this fight, you know, like and and then it's like, okay. <laughs> that's okay. It, that's it. And like I, I'm I'm easy. Like I've I've always been easy mm-hmm. matchmakers, managers, whatever. Uh, just tell me who I'm fighting and where and I, uh, you know, I'll, I'll be ready. Like you do you care which guy? No, I don't
1: care. And where is that Wh- the next meca- yeah. it's yeah. at the Mecca. You're <laughs> fighting on the Joshua undercard. Mm-hmm. Which is going to put your name, you know, what's going to put your name out there? It's yep. Joshua's first fight here. Huge. It's huge because what happened with Wilder the other night. So everyone's now all these guys who are like, oh, who's Joshua? He's the champion. Let's watch him. Mm-hmm. Now your name's everywhere. Yep. Are you beyond stoked to fight the Garden at yeah, the this Mecca? Is,
0: this is huge. And um, you know, it, it, it got brought to me by managers, like, and he led with that. He led with the event. Not, not the opponent, mm-hmm. not whatever. Like, you love with the event. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, we got the, you know, the event. Yeah, cool. <laughs> like, and it doesn't matter who. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, we're fighting, we're fighting, yeah. We're fighting on the on the undercard of, of Anthony Joshua coming to America. You know, like, that's, it's huge. And it's the big room in the garden, which I've never fought. So okay. it's a huge opportunity.
1: It's a completely different animal. Oh,
0: yeah. The theater, the theater's great. Don't get me wrong. The, the theater's, theater's
1: intimate. I always go to Mick Conlon. He's a good friend yeah, of mine. Yeah, yeah, I always uh-huh. go to his. I, I uh-huh. saw you there. You were yep. there. He was there in, like, a. Like a suede jacket, he. You go there so GQ though. You do.
0: It was cold, man. I had my, my I had my, my shearling jacket on. Right <laughs> it was the, a fr- it was freezing. It was freezing. I, I mean, yeah, I was, I remember my face was was chapped that day. Uh, but yeah, I had a, I had my shearling coat on, staying warm. I had multiple layers mm-hmm. on, uh, even inside. I was trying to stay warm.
1: Because the theaters, it's intimate. Yeah. But now you're fighting in the you're fighting where the greats have fought. Yeah. Are you be, like this is the mecca? Yeah. And now. You are fighting Tommy Coyle. I'm not. Gonna, we're not going to talk trash. How, well, how much homework do you do on him? You do a lot of yeah. homework on him. Like yeah. just you're watching a lot of film. Watch, watch
0: film. Uh, I, I leave it more to my coaches. You know, I, okay. I know the guy, and I, I know what I'm looking for. I don't. I don't do a ton of film because I mean, dude, I've been doing this so long. I can watch. I can watch you spar around and be like, all right, I know. I know what. I know what to look for. I know what I'm going to try and do. Um, and at the end of the day, it doesn't matter as much of what he's going to do. It's it's what I'm going to do. I'm going. I'm going to lead. You know, and that's 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 really. The idea. I let my coaches kind of worry about specifically like, like, this punch combination will work. This this angle will work better than that. That's not my job.
1: You're training with Jacobs. Well, you're as like nutritionist, you're helping him out there. Mm-hmm. Does that stunt you're training at all? Though, or does it help you when you're out there with him?
0: Well, this this we had enough time, and my camp was able to like piggyback his, mm-hmm. and we just stagger it.
1: And I he's mean, he's cool with that, obviously, right? Yeah,
0: I mean, he understands that. You know, I mean, he understands I'm a fighter first, and mm-hmm. like I, I you know, I'm resuming my career. And he was with me a lot of the time that I was out of the ring and very upset about it. So, like, he he, he understands. He was with he was at the Paramount when I made my my, my, my return. Really? Oh, he's in my corner. It was awesome. Okay. Yeah, uh, he was in the back of me. He actually laced up my gloves that night. That's awesome. You know, so you know, and, and Danny, he's, he's he's that kind of guy. So, um, you know, he gets it and he understands that you know there's 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 room for us both. And we just we staggered we staggered our entire camp, but also we staggered our days. Like, I would spar in the morning, and mm-hmm. he would spar in the afternoon.
1: How did you, you get linked up with him, by the way? Um, i sorry to interrupt you. I'm just I'm always curious how. You to close. It,
0: was a, it was a combination of a few things. Uh, honestly, Danny saw me on Instagram, my food mm-hmm. <laughs> on Instagram, and I think he may have, like, mentioned it somewhere, and it got back to my boy Kevin Rooney Jr., who was working with me as, as my advisor, um, and then he talked to Keith Connolly, Danny's manager, and then we all just they all just they, – they, they started masterminding it, mm-hmm. and then they brought us in later. You know, they brought they brought the, the fighters in later and we kinda brought it like, Hey, would you be interested in doing this? Uh, maybe. And then we all sat down. It was like me and Danny, I went I went to his manager's house, we sat down at a table and kinda talked about what it would look like, how we could make it work and if we could do it, and then we'd we we kind of just got a feel for each other and we're like, Yeah, I mean we we fought on the same card before, mm-hmm. we've known each other, we've been awarded at you know, at different different events for, and whatnot and always been you know, always been friendly and cordial. Um, but this is when we actually got to really like kinda meet and, and hang, you know.
1: It was kind of like a blind date. You guys got set up. Like I think out to, yeah. I think
0: really Al- too- yeah, I, th- I think I think you can help each other.
1: <laughs> what exactly is your role there with him?
0: It originally was just I was the camp nutritionist. Okay. And so I would come in and like and the idea there was you know he's been at middleweight forever. Um, you know he's he's in his early thirties now. He's still fighting at one sixty. Um, he's up there. He's got a big fight. This is when he had the big fight with uh, Triple G. Mm-hmm. That's when I was brought on for the Triple G camp. Uh, they were fighting in I believe March and I met with them in December. Um, and the idea was, all right, we're going to check your weight now. We're going to see where you're at. And ideally, in my mind, as a professional, uh, as a nutritionist and a performance coach, this is where I would like to see you in terms of body fat, in terms of weight, from, you know, how close you're out of the fight. And then we can do the rest, you know, feeling your, your hydration again, your water and, and feeding you the right way properly so that you can train as hard as possible because you're fighting Triple G. And with that time, is the boogeyman. Mm-hmm. It still is. Um, so that's how it started. But then I remember the first day I showed up at camp. We were in um, in the San Francisco Bay Area. First thing we did, we watched video of Triple G, me and Danny in okay. his room. So right
1: back. away your role is changing a little right bit. Away,
0: right Right. So we get in and it's like <laughs> we're watching we're watching him fight. Or we're, we're look at this. See we do that. See that. And then like then it's like we're in camp and um, you know he he's sparring and I'm I'm, I'm in the corner and then like. You know, I, I yell something out, and then at the end of camp, you know, I, I, I watch all the sparring, and I'm in there, and, and you know, just this and that, and do his conditioning. And then I start doing conditioning with him, running with him, and you know, and whatnot. And then, uh, you know, at the end of the camp, it turns into uh, I, I need to hear you," he says to me. "Wow," and I'm like, um, "Yeah, yeah, no." I'll, I'll, he's like, "No, no, I need to hear. I need to hear you in 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 the rounds, in the corner." I'm like, "Okay, cool." Um, so then he tells his manager that. And his manager's like, "You know, do you want him in the corner?" He's like, I don't know. If he feels like, he, if he wants to, Whoa. and so they asked me. They're like, "Yeah, what do you think about the club? I'm like, "Whatever you need, whatever, the, whatever, whatever Danny needs, whatever the champ needs, I'm, I'm, I'm yeah, I'm here." So uh, that was how I got into the corner in the in the first fight, and I was, I did, except for this last fight, mm-hmm. I was in the corner for the last four fights.
1: What do you think of this last fight with Canelo? It sucks. I, 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 you know, I thought he was going to win. Canelo, I know, was on another yeah. level. Yeah. Danny fought a little hesitant in the beginning rounds. Yeah. <clears throat> I kind of thought he was going to win the fight. I it's really did. It's One
0: of those fights where, um, listen, Canelo's phenomenal yeah and he fought an v- excellent fight and he's an excellent fighter and I take nothing away from him and nothing away from 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 Danny or his performance but it's just one of those performances where it's just like, man Danny's going to go back and watch this and be like, fuck. I, I could have done that. more I, I could have done more I looked at it like I sat back in chair like, Danny could beat this man you know that and and I also looked at it like we're not getting a rematch either <laughs> no no no
1: because of what you just said yeah can anyone be canelo right now?
0: Yeah, I think Canelo's beatable. Canelo's—I'm a huge Canelo fan and it, have been for a very long did time.
1: Did you spar Canelo? Someone I did.
0: Yeah, I sparred Canelo. I sparred Danny. I was, yeah,
1: I—I so I forgot who told me. I, I wish I would have made a note. Someone said that you sparred Canelo. Did you know he was? Cause you, it was a while ago, right? When he was young. This is oh man, this is 2011 or 12. Did you probably. know he was special back then?
0: Well, it's funny. I—I um, I was training in Las Vegas at the time, and um, I had been sparring with some guys, and then the coach of these guys was like, "Hey, I got some sparring with, for you tomorrow." And I was like, okay, coach, you know, what do we got? Like, come down, it's Golden Boy guy, whatever. And I had just, I, had, I, I used to get Ring Magazine all the time. Mm-hmm. I used to love, it. I, got, I got stacks of them. Okay. Like fire hazard in my, my app, for sure. <laughs> um, stacks of Ring Magazines, and I used to read through everything. Uh, I used to get the Boxing Almanac, mm-hmm. everything, I, everything. So um, I had just read about this kid, Saul Alvarez, which this is before he was, he was going by Canelo. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's this big three-page spread, and how we just fought in Mexico City, and he's like this young, redheaded Mexican kid, and blah, blah, blah. And I just read about him, and we're walking into the gym, my coach, this new gym, and I stop and I'm like, oh, "Hey, coach, that's that's Saul Alvarez," and he looks at me and he goes, "Are we good?" And I'm like, "Yeah, <laughs> I mean, <are> you good." <laughs> he's, not, he's not a <laughs> 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 he's not a, you know he's not a, a, a an assassin. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's work. Let's go spar. So uh, yeah, we we sparred two days. Actually, two days. We sparred two two different sessions. We did. Um, Seven or eight rounds together. I got th- I got a couple of them on video, which uh, I showed Danny before the fight. Like, it's the kind of things that, that can work. Um, but yeah, no, it was a great experience. They he his team, they were super professional, very very nice guys. Um, Chepo was still was still mm-hmm. uh, was there, uh, really really nice guy. And even even so, you know, Canelo's very very cordial guy, very nice guy. Happy that you know, thankful that we were coming to work with him. So
1: we have to get you on Opie show. So I have like five minutes with you, mm-hmm. doing commentary, doing announcing. Yeah, you like it? Number one, love it. And how much work goes into it? Because I just had boom, 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 Mancini on. And mm-hmm. He's like, they asked me to do this. I didn't realize how much work goes into this. A ton, because you know you could watch a fight, and he, the way he describes, like I watch a fight at home, I'll watch it, and I'll be oh, he's like now I have to talk, I have to explain to the listener who's the average listener. You're not talking to boxing exactly. guys. Exactly. So it's a little, and you do a lot of homework on it.
0: So that's so that's that's the thing. So like, uh, if I get a job with Top Rank and ESPN, like they will send me bios for the fighters, and I'm talking. Uh, like when I when when I I did uh, uh Pacquiao versus Matisse in mm-hmm. Malaysia, now we got a full card. It's eleven fights. That's twenty two fighters, right? They all have bios. You know <laughs> the four round guys don't have big bios, but Manny Pacquiao's bio alone was twenty seven pages. <laughs> Granted, I know Manny Pacquiao. Of I know course. everything about him. Um, but then, like you know the other guys, and then you have to you have to be able to pronounce their names. You got to know some background history. You got to not confuse them. So it's a ton of. Reading for one, and then two, it's like taking your own notes because you gotta take excerpts. And be like mm-hmm. this will be good because when there's when there's action, it's great, but not every fight's super action packed.
1: You get that lull, and you like,
0: you gotta fill, you gotta fill the time. You and, gotta, and you
1: can't, Chris, you can't get get the paper. I'm like, okay, you have to know on top of your head. That's tough.
0: Oh yeah, oh yeah, and, and you gotta get their names right. And if you don't know the guys, and if they, you know if it's an undercard bout, like it's hard to it's hard to you know get the name and figure out which guy's which. And like sometimes you got two guys fighting each other named Ruiz, and it's like. Which which one? You're not gonna know the first thing. you know. Like it's yeah, it's 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 definitely it's a lot of work and it's a lot of shooting from the hip, which is stuff that I love to do. Um, but there's there is a lot of homework, and I do I am very much involved in that. Like I, wherever I'm flying to a new location, I'm sitting there. I got my bios printed out. I'm reading them. Um, I, my first show I ever did, my first real show I did with Bruce Beck, who is the man, legend. Oh my god! And this guy, and talk about. He's like a doomsday prepper when it comes to, <laughs> to, <laughs> to 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 these bios. He has a file on each fighter, handwritten everything written out, ready for whatever. So working with Bruce is like, all right, we're good. Bruce has got all the information. He can <laughs> borrow his. Stuff. But then some people just wing it. So you need to be more prepared. Uh, when, I, when I did it with Christina, she came up and she was so nervous because we did. Her, I did her first show with her ever. She's like, Chris, I know you've done this. You've done this a lot of times. I haven't. I'm nervous. Just, just I'm gonna lean on you a lot. Just. Please make sure that you do a lot of the homework. And I'm like, Christine, don't worry, I normally do. it. It's fine. You. Yeah, she's like, yeah, she, I normally work with some people, and they don't. And it's just like, <gasps> I'm like, we'll be fine. We'll be fine. We'll make it work. Um, but yeah, no, it's, it's it's a lot of homework. It's cool,
1: though. It's cool. It's like prep for a fight. Best boxing movie of all time.
0: Raging Bull, dude. I just, I, I, that's that's my. That's, that's your go-to? That's my go-to. And not only because the, the fight scenes are actually awesome in that movie. They're really good. And De Niro did his homework. I think he was three and one as an amateur fighter. Okay, I don't know if you knew that um, and he was an awesome physique and whatever. But um, I love the emotion of him at home because that's the shit that nobody hears about. Hey, I'm a nice guy. Everyone thinks I'm a really nice guy. I'm like that at home too. <laughs> my, <laughs> nephew, my nephew, you <laughs> know. <laughs> Uncle Chris is not the nicest guy during training <laughs> camp. Um, you know, it's, it's just part of it. And you, you just, you, uh, training camp is hard. Fighting is hard. And you have to be in a certain mindset and, my, and state to do what we do. And. Being in a normal society and social, like, familiar and social areas while still being that warrior is tough. And it's there's there's bleeding of, of the, the two different lifestyles.
1: Wilder fought the other night. Yeah. Hmm. You're on the Joshua card. hmm The heavyweight division is getting frustrating for people now. Yeah. Cause now you're getting people like, now it's enough. Jim Gray did a great job. He's like, it's enough, it's enough. Is, are they going to fight? You know, all three of them have to fight. You know, it's going to be 1 1. Joshua and Wilder. are four. F-
0: I think Ortiz belongs in the mix.
1: Because he almost beat Wilder with that one.
0: And, he's, and he's, he's I think he's a very skilled, phenomenal, and he has the right size.
1: L- would it be the greatest thing ever for boxing? You just nailed Ortiz to have a Final Four. Have it, it, That doesn't. has to happen. It and they all to. need to fight
0: each other a bunch of times about it. it <laughs> no, but doesn't
1: it have Because it, it's getting to the point now where you're getting people like this is. Because you're getting fans now. Like a lot of fans of people like UFC, because. The fight that needs to happen yeah. happens. Yeah. I was at work and everyone's like, Yeah, I don't care about the wild. fight. I want Wild to fight one of the big two. If not it's getting to the point where it has to happen now. Mm-hmm. And do you think it's gonna?
0: I it has to. It has to. It's one of those it's, it's one of those situations where it has to. I think that and that's the crazy thing about what it is right now. I think any four of those any one of those guys can beat any one of those guys on any given night. And they just they just need to they need to fight. They need a tournament, they need to establish who, who the guy is. I was always I was in the place where Anthony Joshua is the heavyweight champion of the world. Mhm. And now Wilder just keeps fucking kicking the door down. So now it's like I don't I I I don't have a I don't have a heavyweight champion right now. Like it's like yeah, while I, I, I like Joshua. Mm-hmm. I'm partial to Joshua just the way that he is. I think if I was gonna make a, a heavyweight champion on a video game, it would be Anthony Joshua. Okay. If I was literally gonna construct It's him. It's him. In but, every way.
1: But while that one punch is just But that's Wilder to- can
0: knock out a fucking dinosaur. So you know, <laughs> it's 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 just one of those things, and and but that's part of the heavyweight division. That's part of his mystique and how how awesome he is to watch. Because you never know. Like I can, and that that Tyson Fury fight was so sick.
1: One of the best fights I've ever seen. So sick. Tyson Fury won the fight.
0: I never, I didn't score it. I didn't I, score you,
1: it. And here's the difference: boxers, like real boxers, yeah. like I didn't score it. It was a draw. Me, probably because I bet on the fight. I'm like Fury won the yeah. fight. Don't tell me he didn't. You want to know how close Joshua was to coming on my show? Hmm. So I have on. Mick is here, Oh, he is here. Yeah, I have Mick Collin on and Patty Barnes. Yeah, yeah, Patty Barnes. Yep. They're here. Uh, I always ask the question at the end of the show: coolest person in your phone. Patty Barnes like, I got Joshua. I'm gonna call him. Uh, he calls him. It goes to voicemail. We wrap the show up. We're walking downstairs. His phone rings. It's Joshua. What's up, bud? I'm like, bring him up. Cause I was gonna get him. You know, tap him right in. You're fighting at 140 now, right? Yep. You're 147. Yep. That much of a difference? Yeah. Like you notice it straight up.
0: Well, I think also I'm just I'm just. I'm not a 47 pounder. I never was. I never really was, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so and like, I don't think I. I'm not a different. I'm not any. I'm not a different size, you know. I've been. I've been this. I've been this same guy my entire career, mm-hmm. you know. Like it wasn't like I moved up 47. I was like, oh, now I'm now walking around <laughs> 160. No, it's the same. I'm the same fucking guy. I just you know, like I weigh the same thing on fight night, you know, okay. either way. Um. So uh, yeah, and, and I think that this day and age, it's it's a combination of the two. It's me not being a big welterweight, and also that the welterweights are really big. The top guys, like the 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 Spences, the Thurmans, the um uh, the uh, the Crawfords, the uh, uh, Porter, they're just bigger. They're bigger guys. Mm-hmm. They walk around in the 70s mm-hmm. and sometimes the 80s. I've heard, and I've just I've never touched those numbers. Um, that 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 carries over to the ring, you know.
1: I know you're not going to look ever past the fight. Yeah, I'm going to look past the fight. Mm-hmm. As one of your closest friends, you know you're one fight away from probably fighting for the title again. Is yep. that in the back? That's in the back of your mind. Absolutely. I mean, okay. So, so it's
0: like I'm, I'm treating this fight like a world, thi- a world okay. championship, and that that's kind of how like me coming up throughout my years. I always said if I had ever lost on the way up, I wouldn't have got the chances I got. Um, I was an undefeated world champion. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I can say that forever. Yes. I did that. You know, so I, I fought, but I, I needed to win all those fights. Every one of those fights is a world championship to me. And people are like, "Oh, that must have been the, the greatest night ever." I'm like man, every one of those fights mattered so much. The pressure, I put so much pressure on myself from my, like, 11th fight on. Like, it was just like, this is it. This is my world title fight. It was an eight-round, wow. you know? Th- this is it. I have to win this fight. This is my big opportunity. And, like, and I was, you know, fighting guys that, whatever, in the mm-hmm. Paramount. Yeah, but yeah. to me, they were huge. They were huge. They were all huge. Um, And even in kickboxing, you know, winning, winning world titles in kickboxing. All yeah, you those, were 20-0 in kickboxing. I had two world titles. Two You know, I Multiple world world title fights, and they were all meant the world to me. You know, like having these belts, winning these these fights, and uh, and winning matters.
1: Where are you where's your belt right now? Your boxing championship. I heard you keep the belts. Yeah, I didn't know that. You didn't tell me that. Why did not so, you bring it? So the belts.
0: <laughs> I could, yeah, I always could bring the, the, the belt. It's 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 in my room. It's under my TV.
1: That, you know, it, I, I, after I had you on, I've had so many other boxers on, and I have to. I never asked you. What would you do when you won the title? Because you were where'd you win it? Uh, Barclays. What do you do when you win the title? They give you the belt.
0: Well, I, that and I went to the hospital. No, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no. So the first, so the, that this is actually pretty funny. So my eye is obviously like yeah, a it's gra- the famous I, picture. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. grapefruit at the time. Um, and they're saying, all right, we got to get you to the hospital, champ. And I'm like, no. You know why? Because you just called me champ. I'm going go to my press conference. Mm-hmm. I brought clothes. I got shiny shoes. I'm a fucking world champion. I'm going to my press conference. I'm going to sit in front of the, um, the audience, ask me questions. I'm a world champion.
1: Well, your oh, eye just out oh, there. Oh my
0: god, pounding pounding my, my head hurts my eye is pounding I'm bleeding out of the cuts on it my nose is bleeding everybody's like ah you go to the hospital camp I don't think you do that I'm like they were telling me no and I'm like no my my my, my first decree as world champion is I'm going to my press conference that's badass so I went to my press conference um and I'm wearing sunglasses mm-hmm. and with it was funny with sunglasses on I didn't have a mark on me after the other, other than that eye and it was I had these really big glasses and they hit it really well and one of the writers I forgot who it was <laughs> hey can we see the eye and my promoter, Joe Guardia, was like, no, no, you don't have to. I'm like, no, I'm good. And I I lift up the glasses, and it was holding the blood under the, like, in the lens. So as I lifted up, it, it was like a drop of red blood tear <laughs> dribbles down my face. And just, I'm smiling, and I'm picking it up. And everyone in the room was like, <gasps> um, <laughs> "Like, does it hurt? I'm like, duh.
1: <laughs> One boxer has to be a boxer that you went awe of when you met them. You're like, holy crap, it's...
0: Marvus Marvin Heckler.
1: Getting an autograph from him?
0: I didn't, but I got a photo.
1: Okay. Photos are even better than yeah, the autographs. I agree. I
0: agree. I agree. Um, funny, sir. So we're, we're in... I was in um, Aruba. hmm And I was going for my morning run, which I did every day there. Um, I was I was doing a, a Mike Sappho. I was drinking like a maniac and, then, <laughs> and trying to sweat it out in the morning. <laughs> um, so I'm, I'm going for my morning run, and I get back, and... I, I'm coming through the door, but I'm kind of focused on my phone as I'm opening the door, and I I, I'm, I open the door for this guy, and I kind of look up, and his shirt says, um, International Boxing Hall of Fame. I'm like, oh god, you don't really see that much, and then I kind of look at him as I turn back, and he's a, a um, you know shorter guy, bald head, and I'm like, and I had this weird, like that guy kind of looked like Marvin Hagler, as weird as that is to say. I'm walking back to my room, and I'm literally, I, I stopped that and I'm like, that was marvelous Marvin Hagler. Holy cow. I'm like, he's here on vacation. I'm going to see him again couple days go by I tell my girl about it
1: now you're obsessed with seeing him I'm obsessed,
0: obsessed. <laughs> to the point where like three days go by and I don't see him anymore so I'm like alright I let it go oh. and then I'm walking and there he is right in front of me I'm sorry right behind me I like I, I turn back and I'm like I'm with my girl and her sister and I, I turn back and I'm like oh shit he's right there he's right there and I start rattling off so many uh, uh, um, uh, remarks and and and, and trivia qu- answers about Marvin Hagler he had this many defenses, he was this, he was that, he fought this guy. So the, 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 my girlfriend and her, her sister are like, I, I don't know what the hell you're talking about. And I'm like, and he walked by, and he heard me, and I go, are you Marvelous Morgan Hagler? He has two pina coladas in his hand. He doesn't even look at me and goes, yep, and keeps walking. No. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, I ah, see. And so then I'm like rattling of spewing like how awesome this this is that this guy is here and he's in earshot and I'm not trying to get his attention. I'm literally just yeah. like fanboying to, to my to my girl mm-hmm. um, and then uh, she's like, get a picture with him. Get a picture with him. I'm like, ah, I don't want to bother me. And, I, and I'm like, I'm sorry. Excuse me, champ. Do you mind if I get a photo with you? It would it would mean the world to me and he, he looks down at the pina coladas. He, he can tell he's kind of thinking it over. He kind of shrugs his shoulders. He goes, ah, I got these drinks. Really? And I'm just like, uh, understood, champ. I get it and he walks to his um, to meet his wife okay. on the beach, on the, and then he gives her the drinks, and he waves me over, and I'm like, "Oh my god!" I wasn't even looking for it. I thought I thought it was I thought my shot was over. So I walk over. I'm like, "Excuse me, champ. Really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Pleasure to meet you." To his wife, um, take the photo real quick, and then I was I didn't say anything about meeting a fighter. Nothing about that. I was a world champion already. Didn't say anything about that. Nothing.
1: Oh, you're a better man than me. First of all, I would have brought the belt with me. I'm like, champ. I'm gonna go spar. <laughs> We're gonna finish up with this. Not even a question you ever sit back at your career I think I said this last time Derek Jeter's biggest regret he said but he, d- he didn't treasure the moment mm. he didn't appreciate the ride from 96 all the way out he's like I never appreciated it looking at your career Long Island guy you're 23 and 3 now you 3 losses Hall of Famer Manny Pacquiao mm-hmm. an icon in the business Errol Spence top 5 pound for pound fi- fighter right now mm-hmm. and Amir Khan eh but do you ever sit back and say wow like my career like you have a legendary career mm-hmm. you, you you appreciate it
0: Um, not to the the extent that I probably should or will or will eventually. Um, I'm still in it. That's the thing. And I I, I, I think that's part of, that's part of even my time off. I never went, I never like relocated myself to retired and was there like, oh, I can really think about my career. I was always just like, I'm still, I'm still rabid. You know, I'm still in it. I'm still like frothing at the mouth to get out there. Um, and I'm kind of like that now. And I think that's, that's, that's important to keep the mindset to not, I don't want to reminisce about something that I'm already still in. Um, and that's more of a mental thing for me than anything. Um, but, yeah, I think one day, you know, it it it, it never – it's really great to hear people say it. mm-hmm. that, that to me, and it, it happens a lot, um, and I, I appreciate anyone who does that. Um, but, yeah, I think one day uh, I may have that Jeter moment where I'm okay. like, I wish I kind of – I, But I it think, may,
1: maybe it won't give you the drive that you have now. If you had that Jeter moment now, yeah. it's a different mindset than playing baseball. You're in the ring like, I'm, playing, I'm, I'm, the, I'm, yeah.
0: I'm, I'm the man anyway. So, you know, no.
1: Final thing, what are you going to give me from your next fight? So, every person who's ever came on the show, mm-hmm. and I realized this when you left, I've had astronauts on. I've had everyone on. Yeah. And they've always sent me something from my room, which okay. I, I don't hang up. Everything's just in a box. I said Charles Oakley on last week. Everyone brings something. Mm-hmm. What am I getting from the fight? It can be something stupid because I don't want an autographed picture because that means something to me. What yeah, am yeah. I getting something? I want something cool from your next fight. Whatever so, so it is. from
0: the actual fight? Yeah, yeah of course.
1: Well, okay. no, it doesn't have to be, but maybe something really cool.
0: Okay. I got it.
1: I you know it. Don't tell me. I know. I got it. No, I know. Let me know. I got it. I got it. Stop putting your career before my podcast. <laughs> Listen, good luck June 1st. Thank A pleasure. You. Now let's go to kick ass with Opie. Absolutely. Brother.